It's the big buck with the latest of the canines. The big buck, all the doggiest of headlines. With your host, Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the big buck, the big buck, all the canines stories for you. Hello and a big welcome to the Big Bark. And you may notice that today's uh, title, episode title, is a bit inspired by a really, I suppose, 90s teen, uh, teen show, or TV show, I should say. Twisting my words there a bit. Uh, but it is called today, Say by the Doorbell. And the only reason it's called that is because it's named after, I suppose, Say by the Bell, which was one of my kind of shows that I watched as I was a... We did a young fella all those years ago. Long, long, long time ago now. And the reason for that is because this week is back to school week. And we all know what that means. It means a lot of people, I suppose, going back to school. And parents who probably maybe been working from home for a lot of summer to accommodate, like, I suppose, the, you know, the, like, the kids and all that. Uh, like... It means a lot of them going back now to the office as well. So that means then the doggies, lovely, lovely little doggies, kind of their daily routine ch- changes up. So I'm going to be talking a bit later on uh, Samantha Ross from Funded Canaan College on our Clever Canaan segment about that. But I suppose a few tips, I suppose, from this side of things, really. Uh, like One thing for dogs is they love routine. So this is something that I've come to learn over the years that no matter what the dog, they love their routine. And say, okay, it's a long, long time since I've been in school now. But it's also been a few years since I worked full-time in an office as well because I've been working from home since the start of COVID. So it's since, I suppose, prior to March 2020. And Bruno and Millie always had their routine. They always were out with Dad and... They'd stay with Dad, but straight away, they knew when it came to around 4 o'clock in the day, they would be up on the bed looking out the window because they knew that that was the, I suppose, the time of day that I would usually come home at. And I always wondered how <clears throat> how do dogs know when you're due home? Uh, believe it or not, it's, it's pretty much to do with, like, your your scent and dogs can tell the time using their sense of smell and the reason being that like what is it that they can notice how much your scent fades over the day so there's a very interesting article actually on this on the times in the uk and let's see uh i'm not sure if i can actually access the article i was looking for one just before we came on air there and so, okay, here's one here. It's from a site called wireless.com. So, okay, uh, Alexandra Horowitz's uh, book, Being a Dog, she offers what seems a very reasonable explanation. It's just that they can smell. It isn't just that they can smell us from afar or hear our footsteps or the car running. What it is, there was a potent combination of two forces leading to these dogs' abilities. The first is the distinctness of our smell at your dogs. The second is the case uh, with which dog 
uh, Lorna, dogs Lorna have it. Okay, so let's start off with dogs can apparently basically smell time. I'm just going to adjust the mic so that might be a bit noisy there for a second. And, okay, so it might be the orders we leave around the house when we leave uh, leave lesson in, oh yes, so which when we leave lesson in a consistent amount of time each day. So the, the scent fades throughout the day. And because our, our smarty dogs, our clever doggies, their amazing nose, knows that over the hours you were gone, your home begins to smell less of you. So they also know as well, based on their experiences, that, okay, so they're very good at picking up on subtle uh, cues, like reading body language changes in the environment and listening to sounds. And not just your own signals, but maybe the sound of a neighbor's car that starts up a few minutes before you arrive home. Environmental, similar, like light shifts, sounds, smells, and even uh, cues you can't pick up on can play a role in your dog's ability to sense when you're coming home. Now, I always know that Bruno and Millie, when, like I said, when I was working in the office, they always knew when I was coming home. And if anyone has ever watched, I suppose, it's a film I always turn off near the end of the film before the sad part comes. But Marley and me, you will know that in the scene where the two kids are coming home on the bus from school, the dog is there waiting every single day. He knows Marley is there waiting for the kids every day. And dogs do that. Dogs actually know when you're coming home. They know when you're due home. So it's... um. Pretty cool, to be honest. So, in a few minutes, we're going to be chatting with uh, Samantha Rawson. But I suppose, first of all, what I want to do is... Uh, well, Roxy actually hasn't been that bold this week. She's been, I suppose, on a tight leash since the seatbelt incident. And she's had fun on our walks. And the weather has started to pick up a nice bit as well. So, we're getting out and about. And, like... That's something I'm going to be talking about a bit later on. Different I suppose, places you can take a dog in this like really nice weather. Some really picturesque places you can take your dogs. And I'll also be talking to you a bit about an event that's coming up in Malahide Castle on the 30th of September. That I spot online. There will be a very much interest for a lot of dog owners out there. Uh, I'll be chatting about, a bit about that later on. And I'll also be chatting about a very interesting news article that uh, was released there only in the last week. Or was it last week? Apparently it was updated in the last week or something. But I'll jump into that very uh, much quickly there. But yeah, so under the legislation, the Minister for Agriculture, that's... That, Beep. Well, we will go over that. Uh, he's bringing an interim report to Cabinet. I don't know if that's actually been done. But apparently fines under control of dogs that will double to €5,000. And a single central database for dog microchips is meant to be created. Now, look, I don't know if that will actually happen or not. But, like, apparently it's been prompted by a attack on a child by a dog in County Wexford last year. And that's another thing that Samantha would be, I suppose, touching on, like how to help dogs get along with kids. I mean, last year we had kids around dogs from the UK chatting about this as well. They do a lot of dog, like training people to handle their dogs around kids and everything over in the UK. So we did touch on that last year as well. Um... But, okay, so, yeah, I suppose, like, before we jump into the whole, like, 
back to school. Well, like, obviously, we touched on it a bit there, like, coming home, like, from school, coming home from, like, say, the office and all. Dogs know when they're coming home. But a few tips that I would offer myself is, I suppose, avoid, like, big changes in their daily routine. So dogs love routine. So starting if you're if you know you're going back to school or if you know you're going back to an office environment, start the routine, the new routine, about maybe three to four weeks before school starts or before you go back to the office. So by that, they're getting used to it and like they're getting used to the I suppose time that they're separated from you. And I suppose like dogs definitely, in my opinion, they like they do know that you're gone and they do really suffer from separation anxiety. That's a like that's a huge thing that I've noticed. Especially with Roxy. I can't even leave her in the car for two minutes and look, I won't be leaving her in the car in this heat regardless anyway that we're having at the moment. But like it's a lot warmer than it was, so and it's gonna get warmer again. Uh but like I can't leave her in the car for two minutes on her own. And she cries and cries and cries. So it's, it's, um, yeah, I suppose even now I had to get a dog. I got a new car, so I had to get a dog grill, uh, like what dog guards. So that now she is actually in the boat. It's a very big boat now. So it's not like I'm locked into her this tiny little boat. It's a very big boat in my new car. And it's actually a very comfortable car, very nice for like the dogs and all as well. I might touch a bit bit more on that later on but I had to put her like separate in the back so that she does not eat anything in my new car because I will like Jesus I'd, I'd freak if she did uh, but yeah so she even cries now when she's in the back on her own she doesn't like that and I think it's more like she's in doggy jail she doesn't like being doggy jail but look has to be done um, I'll come back to the car in a small bit uh, a bit later on and just kind of tell you a bit about that because like it's great care for having doggies in it and let's see so yeah obviously when you're leaving leave like treats leave not even treats leave like games so like I suppose licky mats leave like little puzzle games for them and leave toys like Kong toys for example uh, filled with like frozen peanut butter or filled with food. It can distract a dog for like up to like 30 minutes after you're gone. In Roxy's case, I'd say about 20 seconds maybe. And okay, so obviously I have a secure place for them in in the house. Just don't give them the run of the house because like that's uh It's going to end up in disaster if you have an anxious or like puppy that's suffering from like separation anxiety. Like our dog in general that hasn't been away from you for like your whole life and now all of a sudden that they're going to be away from you after they've been around you the whole summer and they're going to be kind of they've gone just gone used to that routine and now they're going back into a routine where you're gone again so it's yeah it's like look you want to adjust your dog to going back to school and going back to work and make sure that like your dogs are adjusted to your kids going back to school as well and like, I'm I'm going to let Samantha talk a bit more on this in a minute there now because it's really her area of expertise and I'm waffling on, as I usually do. I've been waffling on a lot lately. But 
before I do that, I suppose the first thing I'd like to share with you is this is actually something I found on BBC. Now, I'm going to actually turn off the volume here. Uh, I'm always looking out like for really cool things that like are quirky and unusual. But I'm going to play this and copyright for this, I believe, is, I would say, to the BBC, I think, or maybe um, the orchestra. Uh, so this is a video or a sound clip of dogs performing Mozart with an orchestra in Denmark. And you can see the full clip up on BBC's website. And just to give you a bit of details, a classic musical festival in Copenhagen has opened with some canine additions to the orchestra. A photo of the rehearsal shows three dogs participating in the performance of the Hunting Symphony, a little known piece by Mozart's father Leopold, uh, chief conductor Adam Fisher, who auditioned dozens of dogs for the role. So yes, dogs had to audition for this. Said he was honouring the composer's wish that part of the symphony should be accompanied by uh, Bane Hounds. Okay, so Cook, Sophus and Seeker were chosen for their barking skills and went through three months of training, not only to bark and command, but to remain quiet for the rest of the performance. So let's give a little listen to this here, because like, I'm going to turn the volume up full for this, and it's going to be quite interesting to actually, I suppose, hear. So the symphony is is in three movements, and in the last movements we will hear the the hunt uh, to begin, and we will have shootings, and then the dogs will start to bark around the scenes, and we will have three dogs uh, on his signal that will will bark around the orchestra. That's bloody mad, lads! Right? That's freaking crazy. I've never seen anything like that before. But, yeah, um, I wonder, well, we might actually chat with Samantha the next day uh, about that, because I just happened to find this online now, and just before I start going on. And, yeah, so it's a pretty cool uh, thing to be able to do, to teach dogs how to, I suppose, sing in an orchestra. And I think the footage is originally from YouTube or something like that, but it was shared on BBC as well, and actually shared on a few other UK websites too, but that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh on that note, we will t- uh, switch over now, uh, gear, and we will switch over to Samantha and chat about dogs going back to school and, yeah, all the, all the usual, you know. Sure. It is what it is, you know. The Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. All right, and we're delighted to welcome back Samantha Rawson from the Canine College again today. And given that we're talking about all things going back to school, the time of year that it is, 
we wanted to bring Samantha on to, I suppose, talk about the importance of, I suppose, training your dogs to be around kids and also how to teach your kids as well to actually behave around dogs. So I think it's a very important topic because we do see a lot of, I suppose, children that get like dog bites. So given there is back to school time, I said I'd welcome Samantha on to chat a bit about this. Hey, Samantha. Hi, Dara. Hiya. Good to talk to you. Good, good. So, okay, Samantha, um, obviously this is a very big one because a lot of, I suppose, dog bites that occur are, are in children. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a real, like, kind of, I suppose, not just training your dog to be around children, but you also have to teach kids actually how to behave around dogs. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose the most important thing to say to everybody, but really important to say to children, is never to go up to a dog you do not know and never put your hand out to a dog you do not know. Um, So with all dogs, a dog must look for the engagement. If it doesn't look for the engagement, you leave it alone. Um, So it's, it's really important because children, I suppose, can't understand body language. And most adults who are not dog professionals don't understand body language either. So, um, if a dog wants to engage, they will approach you and they will come forward. Um, usually with a happy tail or a smiley face or, you know, a kind of a, a waggly kind of free moving body. Do you know what I mean? So, whereas if a dog isn't moving and it's just standing still, it looks away, it's tail is down, it's, it's not being any way inviting. It's probably saying, don't bother talking to me. I'm, I'm not really interested. Um, So the other thing to remember about dogs is that just because your family dog might be good with your children and your extended family doesn't mean it will be good with children it does not know. So I hear parents say a lot, you know, oh, my dog is great with kids. And I have to go, no, 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 your dog is great with your kids or your children. Um, so just because the family dog has learned to tolerate, you know, the the, the bumps of, of family life, it doesn't mean it'll tolerate somebody else coming over to give it unwanted attention. Um, and the really important point, again, for both adults and children, is never, ever, if you're going to pet a dog, even if it does look abusive and it wants to engage, to never pet a dog over the head. Most dogs do not enjoy being petted on the head especially by strangers, because a hand looming over their head could be equated with a low flying aircraft. It's like you look at it and go, hang on a second, where's that going? So a hand looming over a dog, especially an unknown hand, um, could frighten them. And some dogs will just kind of look up to see where the hand is going. And when they do that, they open their mouth and then the child sees a mouthful of teeth and might start screaming. And then the thing can go horribly wrong. So the the general rule is don't ever approach a dog if it doesn't approach you first and never, even with a dog, you know, never pet a dog over the head. If you're going to stroke a dog, you stroke a dog from collar to tail or down its back. And I would always pet a dog on its rear end. I, I pet a dog as far away from its head as possible to reduce the likelihood of ever being bitten. Okay, Samantha. And I suppose as well, like you have to look at like, even like you were saying there, like the, the signs are there from a dog. So you have a lot of dogs that could be afraid as well of people that they don't know. 
Now, yeah. how do you yeah. how do you train your your own dog? How do you train a dog to be more sociable around people uh, rather than being but, rather than growling and barking, say? Okay, well, I suppose it's about protecting your dog. It's a bit like if a child doesn't want to be sociable, you don't force it. You know, if a child hides behind their parents' legs because they're shy and a dog does the same thing, you wouldn't force it. So it has to be the dog's choice. So I would never force my dog to engage with people. Um, Like last night, I introduced um, one of my dogs to uh, a couple who came for training and they had been here a couple of weeks beforehand and, and my boy had kind of made shy with them and was a little bit nervous. But last night he met them again and because they didn't make any approaches to them, but he remembered them, he went up to them because he hadn't learned anything bad from the previous experience. He was just a little bit shy. Nothing happened. Nobody forced him to do anything. They were very you know, respectful of, of his needs. So then when he met them again, he knew that they were OK. They hadn't frightened him. They hadn't done anything. So he approached them quite willingly last night on the second meeting. So that first meeting is really, really important. You've got to let the dog sniff you and that you don't make any overtures towards it. You don't do anything. So the best thing that can happen to a dog is nothing, basically. Um, And then again, you know, on the second or third meeting, the dog then realizes, you know what? You're no threat. I'm quite happy to approach you. And then when the dog is happy to approach you, then you can pet it or throw a ball for it, or or give it food treats. I would I much rather engage with dogs through toys than, than give food, um, because eating bread is soon forgotten. And just because a dog takes a food treat off you doesn't mean it's it's emotionally happy. Um, whereas it's it will play. You know, if a dog will play with you, you can't play if you're a little bit frightened or worried. Um, but you can still eat and be worried. Um, so I much rather kind of play with with dogs. So so that's always my go to that I will ask somebody to throw a toy for the dog. Um, but to avoid eye contact and never give the dog reason to feel threatened. So it's, I suppose it's not about training the dog to be sociable. It's about asking people to respect the dog and give them space to investigate you. So it's not really about training. It's about setting up the right environment. Um, the, the other thing that happened last night was we were out in the field. So the dog had lots of space to run away. So I suppose, given that we're talking about going back to school, it's really important if a dog is on a lead that you do not let children run up to it or you do not let somebody approach it and try and pet it because it's on a lead, it can't escape. And that's when children and people tend to get bitten because the dog feels trapped. Whereas if it's in a field or if it's loose in the garden, it can run away or it can move away. But dogs dogs on leads are, are trapped so really important not to let people encroach your dog's space while it's on a lead. That's why, um, Dara, that's why you see an awful lot of um, what are labelled reactive dogs towards other dogs because they feel trapped on a lead and a dog is coming towards them. So the same thing can happen with people. So it's really important for any kind of social engagement if the dog is off the lead and is free to move away and the dog is free to make its own decisions. Okay, so... One thing I want to, I suppose, talk about too is it's something I definitely come across. Um, when you have, like you say, when you see kids that run up to dogs and what's the best way to tell a child, no, that you can't, you can't approach my dog without, to be honest, without the parents getting completely pissed off at you? 
Okay, that's a difficult one. <laughs> that's an exercise in diplomacy. Um, um, I used to, in the past, I had a, a Belgian shepherd and she was a big black dog, so she was a granondal. Um, and I had trained her to lie down. So if a child kind of came running towards her and wanted to pet her, I would say, no, 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 you, you can't pet her, but you can maybe give her a food treat if she lies down. So I would give them the food reward. And then my dog was trained to lie down, um, you know, with a signal. So then the child felt as if they were training the dog and the dog had been trained to lie down. So they were smaller than the child. Um, but I suppose that was easy for me because I'm a dog trainer and I kind of predicted that. Um, but you, I suppose you have to be a little bit maybe rude to be kind because if you don't step in and you don't say, sorry, you know, please keep away from my dog and something happens, unfortunately, you're legally liable, even though they're at fault because you've asked them not to approach. You are legally liable. So it's really important that you are an advocate and you step up for your dog and you quite definitely say, please do not touch my dog, even to the point of maybe you order a jacket that says, please do not pet my dog. You know what I mean? So, so, or, or if you're worried about your dog, I know it sounds a little bit extreme, but if you're worried about your dog that you put a muzzle on it, um, because people can be very silly. Non-dog people can be very silly. Um, and, and children who are kind of running, running loose and excited, um, you know, are obviously unpredictable. So if it's not possible to avoid the situation, I would, um, put a muzzle on my dog, I would be very upfront and, and very, very clear about what's allowed and what's not allowed. And even to the point of if you just put the dog behind your legs, you know, if you see a child running towards you, that you step in between the child and your dog and you very clearly say no. Um, so that you're physically protecting your dog and you're physically blocking the child. Um, and, and if the parent sees that, it's quite obvious that you don't want engagement or if you can, just get the hell out of there. Just turn and walk away and get the hell out of there. Okay, and I suppose one final question then, Samantha. Say in the case of, um, in my case, say Roxy, very excited puppy, and obviously one thing that you don't want Roxy doing is, because she's getting to that age now where she's getting big, and you don't want her jumping up on children. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, like, why about jumping up on adults, but, like, jumping up on children, like, it's, yeah, she could easily knock them over. So how do you yeah. how how do you teach your dog to not jump up on on people in general, but especially on children? Okay, I suppose um, Roxy being a labby and Labby's being food mad, I would be using her breakfast or her lunch, and I would be taking her out around people. And and again, if I see her being kind of you know enthusiastic and abusive towards people, I would say, okay, good girl, great. Um, I want you to be friendly. However, here's a handful of food on the floor. The important bit here, Dara, is the food comes from the floor, not from your hand. Because with some dogs that are very food orientated, you will actually focus them on hands, which you don't want. So the food has to be dropped on the floor, but the food is dropped on the floor before the arrival of the people. So you're not distracting the dog, you're preempting it. You're trying to kind of have the dog busy looking for food so it doesn't even notice or care about the people. Um, that it's more interested in food. And um, with some dogs, if you want to use a licky mat, if it's if it's feasible to use a licky mat, but if you're outside on a walk, I would just drop some food and, and drop kind of big nuggets of food so the dog doesn't have to go, you know, nosing in the grass to look for it. Because the other thing 
The downside of that is you don't want a dog then that scavenges out on a walk. So you want to make the, the food quite visible to the dog so it's not scavenging. Um, because sometimes when you're trying to address one problem, you can create another problem. Um, but yeah, so it's about preempting the situation and getting the dog busy doing something else before the arrival of whatever the, the distraction might be. All right, that's great advice there, Samantha. And listen, we'll leave it there for today and we'll have you back on again next week. Uh, Samantha Morrison from the Canaan College, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thanks, Tara. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. Once again, a big thank you there to Samantha Awesome for joining us and some great tips for going back to school, going back to the workplace. So thanks again to Samantha for that. Very much appreciated. Now, like we don't have a huge amount else left to talk about, but the weather is getting good. And I suppose we wanted to have a look at where can you take your dogs in Ireland? Now, okay, so we know for a start that there's some... Good hotels out there, where your doggies are welcome. So I'm just going to give you a list of hotels that have come across that are doggy friendly. So, first start, we have the Glenlow Abbey Hotel and Estate in Galway. So I just came across this uh, there earlier, and it looks, it's a five-star hotel. So... Let me just get an idea how prices and all. It's definitely outside my price range. Okay, come on. It's like, if you're looking for a posh, nice place to go, it is a, I suppose, a good one, all right. It has a huge grounds. Um, where in Galway is it? I have no idea. Uh, but it is, oh, it's rising from the still waters of Loch Carver, apparently. So, Glenlow Abbey Hotel and Estate. That's one there. Uh, so if you're looking for the good old expensive hotels there. At the Conrad in Dublin. So that is another one. It is dog friendly. And let's see. Uh, we'll just have a quick look at this hotel here. And that is, let me just see if we're to go with the like, I don't know, the, the mid-September kind of range. Okay. So there we go. We'll have a look at that. Mid-September. Get an idea. And the Conrad Dublin is... And, wow, Jesus. Whoever wrote this article really wrote it on my personal range, I tell you, anyway. Uh, okay, so then there's Weston in Dublin as well, which is uh, also a one that is, I would imagine, quite expensive. I can't imagine that's cheap either, but I didn't even know that was dark friendly, to be honest. Uh, let's see. Oh, 405 a night. Bit better, bit better. So, okay, let's see what else you have. You have the Randalls Hotel and the Drum Hall Hotel, both in Killarney. So, let's have a quick look at those. Okay, the Randalls Hotel actually looks quite nice. 
very nice actually. Uh, central enough in Kalani as well. I'm just not even going to bother looking at the prices because I'm going to give myself a fucking heart attack or something with these prices here. And so let's see. Uh, what else have you? You have the Highlands Hotel all the way up in Donegal. You have the Gabriel House, uh, Guest House in Cork. Matter Lodge in Donegal. There's the Sand House Hotel and Marine Therapies in Donegal. And Blarney Castle Hotel in Cork. Now, here in Limerick, you have Castlery Park Hotel and you have the Castle Oaks Hotel as well. Uh, Bo the I believe the Soho is a So Hotel group or So Hotels, I believe it's called So Hotels. So they're the ones that are owned by Pat McDonough and a lot of his hotels are dog friendly as well. So or check it out if you want to take your doggy on a little breakaway with you. But I'm more interested in, like, I suppose, the day trips and stuff as well. Like, things that you can... Picturesque places to walk your dog. Now, on that note, before I go on to that, make sure that if you are going anywhere, that you do take your doggy poop bags with you. And on that note, a lovely little word from my sponsor. Are you tired of using low-quality bags to pick up after your dog? Do you get dog poop all over your hand when cleaning up their mess? What you need is a mutt mitt, a strong two-ply bag that makes it super-duper easy and hygienic to pick up your dog's waste. Check it out on muttmittsisland.ie. Mutt mitts, better than a bag. Proud sponsor of the Big Bark Podcast. So, yeah, if you're going anywhere, remember to bring your mutt mitts. You can get them at muttmittsisland.ie and they are two-ply, very good quality bags. I highly recommend them. Uh, it's the only way that I use to, I suppose, as the phrase goes, scoop the poop. But especially when you're going to like beautiful locations around Ireland, you want to take your dog bags with you. You want to clean up. You want to leave the place respectable the way you found it. Uh, unless you're one of those people who just like lets your dogs like shy all over the place and then just walks on and pretend I'm not even your dog. But there's uh, some lovely, lovely spots you have. Of course, let's go first and foremost to Killarney National Park. You have such beautiful beautiful scenery you have up to like i suppose around 20 kilometers probably of walks you can do like really long walks uh i've been there a good few times i love kalani it's just a lovely lovely spot you can even take a nice little rest in front of like the big uh kalani is like what is it mokka's house mokka's house so your mokka's park your mokka's house you have the lakes of kalani some beautiful uh, waterfalls, like, for example, you have uh, Talk Waterfall. You have, like, obviously, you have your mountains and all. I won't be taking my dog now up Karen Tuhill or anything like that, but you have the Kalani Lakes as well. So, wonderful settings there. Uh, now, let's switch to the other side of the country, and you have Hold Cliff Walk up in County Dublin. Lovely, lovely walk. But, of course, you have lots of parks. You have lots of other areas in Dublin as well. And if anyone knows of some, like, really good places around Dublin, and like, then you have, obviously, Wicklow as well. You have Den de Lockout in Wicklow, which is an absolutely beautiful spot. Your powers is a powers court, I believe, as well. Powers court out in, uh, in a scary. So you have a lovely, lovely big waterfall up there as well. I've paid a visit there as well before. Absolutely beautiful spot. Uh, go up around the burn, then you have Carragal Loop up around the burn. Absolutely beautiful spot as well. And staying with kind of towards the uh, burn as well, you have a lovely little estate outside 
got and what's that called again let me just see what that's called that is oh what's it called um give me a second i'll find that there it is uh let's see what's it called what is it called uh jesus your 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 man the fella is it to with W Cool Park, Cool Park, yes, Cool Park outside court. I've often gone there as well with the dogs before. Lovely spot. Beautiful out there. Coming a bit further south then, down around Lemmock, you have a good view. You have Cor Chase, uh Forest Park, lovely spot outside there. And then you have out on the other side of Lemmock, out towards Maru, you have Clare Glens. Bit of a challenging walk up to like up the kind of towards the waterfalls and all that. And then let's go down to Cork and you have the Foher Wildlife Park, of course. You have Foher Park itself and some wonderful, wonderful spots to be taking your doggy down to around, like all these, around the country, like really, like all different lovely areas. Given the weather that we're forecast to have over the next couple of weeks, definitely recommend taking a couple of day trips. And it's something I plan to be doing as well with the doggies now that I have a new vehicle that actually can be roadworthy um so my last car was quite a small little car it was a ford fiesta so having three dogs in a ford fiesta is kind of very cramped very um unfair to them as well so i upgraded in the last few weeks and i got a i i went for a hyundai ix35 it's pretty much more jeep than is a car it's a beautiful ride though it has so much room in the back of it as i said roxy now is in kind of she has the whole boot to herself though which is great because like it's loads of room for her and there's loads of room then for bruno and millie as well and she is out of reach of my seatbelts which is like as i told you last week is what i would really be worried about her chewing up because she is just a absolute she's 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 a terror at times she's a terror but you know as I did say, we do love her. She's a playful puppy. She's a bold puppy. But she's our bold puppy. And, you know, it's something that I gotta say, I don't have any real disagreements with Roxy being Roxy because, you know, she's, she's crazy Roxy. She's a crazy, crazy Roxy. So I think that's really all I actually had to say for today as well. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at for today, as you know yourself. And oh, first of all, big thanks again to Samantha Rawson. Thanks to our sponsor for the show today, Muckmets Ireland as well. So be sure to go on to muckmetsireland.ie if you need your poop bags. And be sure to uh, uh, like send i suppose not saying i suppose reach out to samantha if you do need help with your own bald puppies or your own bald doggies be sure to reach out to samantha rawson on be it on facebook or online at the canine college.ie so big thanks again to samantha for joining us today and we'll have three vets back again next week with you and well actually it'll be two weeks time before we have another episode so two weeks from today uh so sometime about second week, I suppose, of September, we will have another episode back because I take a couple of days off next week, and you know, it is needed. It is needed, and we'll be back again anyway next week. And in the meantime, go to Spotify, 
iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Look up the Big Bear Podcast for all our previous episodes. And go to our Facebook, our Instagram, our TikTok, where the Big Bear Podcast, and I believe on TikTok actually we're Big Bear Podcast official because we had to change around a few bits. But we'll be, look, we'll, we might be updating all the hands as well. Or you can go to thebigbear.ie as well. And, well, that's all for today. Have a great week. And I saw Paul Sloan from myself, Moxie, Bruno, and Millie. And, well, take care. It's the Big Bark with the latest of the canines. The Big Bark, all the doggiest headlines. With your hosts, Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the Big